This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Total Saints podcast. We are the weekly Saints podcast, your home for all things Southampton Football Club. This podcast is being live streamed on YouTube, Facebook, X and Twitch. So good evening if you're watching along live. Our podcast is supported by our loyal Patreon community. And without you, we couldn't make the show each week. So thank you as always. And a huge thank you once again to Pitta Self Drive for sponsoring this episode. They're still offering TSP listeners 10% off rentals with the code TOTALSAINTS. That's all one word. And you can use that code when you're booking online or quote the code when you're booking over the phone. Now, as you know, they offer cars, vans, truck and minibus hire at very reasonable prices. They're flexible on short-term or long-term rental needs, and they operate a 24-hour drop-off service. So there's no need to stress about dropping off the vehicle in working hours. And if you need a van for a tip run or maybe to move some furniture, they now offer hourly van rental as well. Pitta Self-Drive is based in West End, making them the best solution for Southampton van hire at affordable prices. To find out more or to get in touch, head to pitterselfdrive.co.uk or give the team a call on 02380 Coming up this week on the podcast, Southampton make club history. That 3-1 win at Swansea means it's now 20 league games unbeaten. Going to look back at that trip to South Wales. And it's a break from the league this weekend. We head to Watford in the FA Cup fourth round. Mike Parkin of From the Rookery End podcast will be on later to preview that game. My name's Martin Stark and joining me this week are Steve Grant, the owner of Saints Web, Alfie House, who is senior Southampton reporter for the Daily Echo, and Glenda LaCour, who is the writer of the blog League One Minus Ten. Underpinned by our TSP patrons, this is episode 260 of the Total Saints podcast. Your home for everything Southampton FC. From dedicated Saints insight to exclusive interviews. Live on YouTube every Sunday and available to download wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Total Saints Podcast. Now we start with the weekly shout out for our Patreon community because their monthly contributions support the show. There are four tiers ranging from £5 to £20 per month. And aside from supporting the podcast, each of those tiers has different perks. There's access to an ad-free version of the podcast, exclusive TSP t-shirt and merch bundles. There's the TSP FPL and you get access to our TSP live events and loads more as well. Now if you'd like to get involved in supporting TSP each month, just head over to patreon.com forward slash total saints podcast for more details all the links as always can be found in the podcast show notes and you'll find them in the youtube description as well now saints beat swansea 3-1 to extend that unbeaten run to 21 games in all competitions it's a new club record glenn that first half was some of the best football that we've seen southampton play would you agree absolutely yeah i mean said going into this sort of like run of games that we're coming up to that 
you know, there's a lot of away games and we've struggled in away games to um, score the second goal and um, and put teams away. And we obviously scored the second goal after 20 minutes um, yesterday. But, you know, regardless of the goals, the, you know, the, the, the football we were playing, the way we were carving them open was exceptional. The, you know, the hunting down of the ball when we lost it. Um, we were helped by the the fact that Swansea were woeful in in the first half, and um, I think their their manager basically admitted that they got it completely wrong in the first half. But this is the um, you know the first half was the the ruthless streak that we were talking about last week. If teams make mistakes, then we we swarm all over it. And um, yeah, two 0 up after twenty minutes, it really should have been three or four. You know, the keeper made a couple of good saves, which was it's quite nice for him actually because he was the one that played the um, played the air shot. At, at St Mary's just before the roof fell in on him and you know he made some good saves and frustratingly they score the first time they get in a half which is um I mean obviously our our second goal uh, had uh, more than a hint of offside about it but their goal had a handball and an offside so um you know so there you go uh, it is what it is and I was really impressed by the way we basically went straight up you know it was like they've annoyed us now we went straight up there and, and scored again and uh, you know, went in at halftime three one, and and uh, and and the world was good. You know, twenty minutes of the second half wasn't bad. It it was um, it was almost like we were managing the game. We weren't really sort of like working the goalkeeper anymore. We had um, I think Fraser had one over the bar, and um, there was the penalty shout on Adams. I can't remember exactly when that was when he when he when he went over. But you know, as Unfortunately, we've all got memories like goldfish, and we remember the last twenty minutes. And the last twenty <laughs> minutes, as um, as Russell Martin said, was diabolical. Um, it, it really was bad, and I'm sure we're going to get onto uh, why it was bad. So I won't mm. I won't do that now. But uh, yeah, so yeah, the, the last the last twenty minutes was was a bit streaky. A couple of great saves from Bazunu. Otherwise, we could have had the you know the ridiculous scenario where we were we were so brilliant in that first half and ended up ended up hanging on. But it was a, it was a strange feeling at the end because even though we were so good in that first sort of sixty minutes or whatever, I I found myself thinking, thank God that's over <laughs> because the last <laughs> the last twenty minutes was that bad. But I liked Russell Martin's um, sort of comments after the game where he, he basically said, you know, there's more to work on. And I think a, a couple of broadcasters have sort of picked up on that. The fact that, um, you know, even though the first part of the game was was more or less perfect, the second half of the game certainly wasn't. And uh, there's, um, you know, we that, uh, that old complacency thing, I think that crept in a little bit in um, both in the substitutions that were made and in the uh, the performance in the um, in, in the last 20 minutes or so. But, mm. uh, but all's well, it ends well. We've got, what, 21 games unbeaten now. And so, um, you know, things to work on and, uh, yeah, moving on. Happy days. Uh, Alfie, we spoke about that need to score more than one goal away from home and they, they duly delivered, really, at half-time. We, we couldn't have asked for more. Yeah, I mean, it, like Glenn says, it could have, probably should have been four, five at least, really. Um, they broke all sorts of high-speed records, as Nathan Jones would have said, for a first half of Championship football. I mean, they had more shots than they ever seen this season, more possession, more, you know, final third edges, all the things that, you know, don't really matter, but kind of do it at the same time. They broke you know, the season record for all of them. And you know, it was good movement. It was two tap-ins, wasn't it? But ultimately, it was good movement for them. Che Adams did really well to set one up. He's sort of becoming the, the striker that this team needs. His link-up plays brilliant. And the way he slips Stuart Armstrong in, and Stuart's a little bit selfish, actually. He tries to shoot, but ends up falling back to him. Happy days. And Will Smallbone as well. I think his fourth goal of the season. And I think a lot of those goals have been the same for him, haven't it? It's always been somebody pulling in from the left and him just tapping him in. Um, but someone's got to do it. Uh, yeah, I mean... Do we want to get into the second half now? Because, I mean, uh, it is no. interesting. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, no, Glenn's already spoken about their goal. I mean, their goal is a poor yeah. one to concede, isn't it? But yeah, it should have been yeah. ruled out as such as the second one. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of the first half, absolutely brilliant. We all went into the game, I think, with a little bit of nervousness just because of yeah. what was on the line, because of it was going back to Swansea, going back to his former side. And everyone, you know, I asked a few people and they all said to me, yeah, you know, this is the one you can sort of see the football scriptwriters, you know, penning in a loss for the first time. But um, they dealt with it really professionally. It was absolutely perfect first half, and you know, I said it last week, one of the best sort of first half performances I've seen. Or that was regarding the second half actually, and, and this time I think it was again. Yeah, there were some pretty cagey predictions I think going into this one. Um, Steve Alfie said there it could have been five nil at half time. We wouldn't have been surprised the way we were playing. That was a, a decent forty five minutes. Yeah, would have been entirely justified. Yeah, I mean, for for the score to have only been three one at half time was not remotely a reflection on ha- on the way that game 
that first half had panned out, four four or five nil would have been would have been entirely fair. But yeah, I mean, as Glenn says, credit to the to their keeper who pulled off two or three really good saves um, to keep the score down. Um, I don't think it was even wayward finishing on our part either this time, which has certainly been a criticism in the past. Um, keeper just got in the right place and and made the saves. Um, yeah, I mean the way the way we we played that um, that first half, there were so many of those little balls around the corner um, yeah. that Adams was playing in particular, where for some reason the Swansea fullbacks were about ten yards far too high up, and it just gave whoever was running in behind, whether it was either the Armstrongs or uh, Ryan Fraser on the left, they always had the run on them, and we just we were just able to run through them at will, and yeah, I mean as I say, it's should have been five, four or five at half time, and then probably the the way that second half panned out probably doesn't pan out that way, because I think if you're if it is four or five at half time, Luke Williams is probably sat there saying, right lads, look, we've just got a this damage limitation for the um, for the remainder. Whereas when they go in at three one down, they're thinking, well, we've got away with that, we've we're we're still within touch, so actually let's let's try and change change this up a little bit and and do things a little bit little bit smarter, which they did in fairness. I mean, Williams, I think, is seems like he's got a got a decent tactical head on his shoulders. Um his Notts County side were I mean, while in the National League there it was them and Wrexham that had sort of bigger budgets than everybody else. You've still got to use that budget and um the football they played was was excellent. Even once they got promoted, they ba- they were basically the the possession team in League Two. So I think I mean Swansea fans as as we mentioned last week with um, with the lad who was on from Swanscast, that is the, that is the Swansea way. That's the way that they want to play. It's where, the way they've played for 15, 15, 20 years now. So I think he'll, I think he'll do all right there. I think, um, I think he'll be quite popular. So yeah, I think, as I say, if we'd, if we'd been as clear in the first half as we should have done, that second half probably doesn't pan out the way it did. Hmm. Claire, I mean, Alfie mentioned one of the the goals there for Che Adams and, and that ball over the top, which I think was better than the you know obviously for the finish for the goal, which was was well worked. But the second goal, Will Smallbone, I felt had a pretty good game yesterday, and 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 that second goal was the least we deserved, really. I mean, right, maybe offside, but uh, um, yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe a touch. Uh, I think it was was it Harwood Bellis who tipped over the top again, but that was that was a, a great yeah. goal, and, and and it was important to get that second. Yeah, it it was. I mean, it was. It was it was nice to have the first goal go in, and there be no no backward step. You know, it was basically we're going to score the second goal, and that hasn't always been the case in our in our away performances this year. So, so it was nice, and um, I think the club have uh, clipped up that second goal because it starts with Will Smallbone battling for the ball um, over on the right hand side, and then he, we switch it switch it to the left back to Harwood Bellis over the top. Armstrong eventually, and then and then Smallbone. So it's it's uh, it's good that he was involved at the the start and the end of the move. I'm not 100 percent sold on Will Smallbone. I never, you know, I haven't been this season. I've been quite consistent with that. He, he drives me mental sometimes. But that was the best game I've ever seen him have. The, the game he had yesterday, I thought I thought he was excellent. Whether it was Joe Rothwell being on the bench and him thinking he's a, he's a threat to my place. Maybe he listened to Alfie last week, but uh, but no, I thought um, I thought Smallbone had an excellent game, and he seemed to be I don't want to say a yard quicker, but he seemed to be sort of getting to the tackles quicker. And um, I think there was a number of times he. I mean, I'm not into the stats as you know, but I think um, <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if he had you know if he won the ball back more times yesterday than he than he normally does as well. And I just thought he had a really good game and. Uh, I was I was amazed on the Sky Sports coverage that they actually you know picked him for man of the match because usually they uh, they go for Adam Armstrong whatever he does um, mm-hmm. and and it, it was it was you know it was good and it was it was well deserved and he he spoke well after the game you know about about the achievement of of getting the run of games and and he just wants to play so uh, yeah I thought he was um, he's, he's taken his chance well because obviously yeah as I said Rothwell's on the bench he knows Aribo's coming back he knows. Charlie Alcaraz is in the mix as well, so he has to he has to perform at, at, at a consistently consistently high level to stay in the team. 
and uh, yeah, fair play to him. Last couple of games, he's been he's been better, to be honest. Mm. But uh, but I thought he was exceptional yesterday. Flynn Downs with the third goal, Alfie's first for the for the club. Uh, he didn't celebrate, but I certainly did watching at home because mm. I felt that was a really key time. I thought if we start the second half and it's two one, we've had a bit of history with ropey starts to the second half. So to get that third before half time was was perfect timing, and he'll have enjoyed that. Yeah, and his um, his teammates certainly celebrated as well. They all rushed <laughs> yeah. over and sort of grabbed them a little bit. I mean, I was watching the um, the podcast that Alan Shearer and those guys do, and I think Alan Shearer said that you know, it doesn't matter who he's playing against or what team is for, he would always celebrate every single goal because that's what he's paid to do. So I do like it when players don't celebrate and they show that respect. But at the same time, like you know, I don't think anyone would have complained if he did. But um, I think I suppose he probably loved his time so much at Swansea under Russell Martin that just feels that connection. But yeah, it was a really important goal. It was his. Uh, 25th birthday as well, wasn't it, yesterday? So, a special day for him all round. Um, first goal of the season. I don't think it'll be many more. I think, that's his, I think that's his fourth in his career from 205 appearances or something like that. So, I don't imagine there'll be too many more to come this season. Um, but what a player he is. I mean, for me, he was tied with Stuart Armstrong for my man the match. I probably would have given it to Stewie, um, but Will Swarburn as well up there, yeah. um, for sure. Steve, do you want to cover off the goal that we conceded? I mean, Sky was saying that Bazzuni should have gone for clattering into defender. ITV were focusing on the the handball and the the offside when I saw the the, the highlights this morning. My take, it was just some pretty poor defending all round. Yeah, I mean, I, I think both of those broadcasters are right in that, yes, it was offside and yes, it was a handball because, I mean, Jamal Lowe has basically completely bottled out of the challenge with Bazzuni. Um, he's got He's gone in, gone in, thinking that he's basically going to get clattered and he's kind of left his elbow up there and, and he's not gone to actually head the ball and the ball's come off his arm. So that's, I mean, it's clearly handball. I mean, I don't blame the referee for not seeing it because, I mean, God knows what, what sort of angle he'd have had on it from probably 30 yards away. But yeah, it's, it's just, it's frustrating, isn't it? The offside, I thought, was probably one that the linesman could see in a similar way to the, the one that we didn't get um, get flagged for our second goal. Mm-hmm. Um, it was about the same, probably about the same distance offside, um, probably about a foot or so. But it's, I think it's one of those where as long as you're up, as long as the assistant is up, up sort of in line with the last defender, that should be quite an easy one to see, I think, because especially where the, where the, the, the winger is basically right in front of him making that cross. So it's not like he's got to kind of look around for where sort of when the ball has been played he knows exactly when the ball's been played and he can see and he's he's only con- he's only got two players to concentrate on he's got the last man and the and the attacker and yes yeah, so that that was a little bit annoying but yeah i mean bazunu perhaps you you say well take the kitchen sink which i mean he's, he's not scared of doing that is he i mean he did no, it against no. birmingham and got away with it yep. um when that definitely should have been a penalty and yeah p- perhaps he's He's kind of not gone quite full pelt for for whatever reason on this one. Um, not quite sure, but yeah, we've we've obviously left the left the space unguarded. Um, that's quite quite well played by the winger in in fairness to kind of do that little knock it one way and run around the other side of the of um, of the defender uh, to give himself the space. But yeah, we've we've kind of left ourselves two against two, haven't we? Really in that situation, and the ball's just not bounced kindly. Um, mm. I mean, in in and you replay that incident a hundred times, probably half half the times the ball sails sails between uh, Bazunu and Low and goes out for a throw in. So yeah, just one of those things. It's it was a, it was just a, such an annoying goal because Swansea hadn't threatened anything. Yeah, so, was it second yeah. shot on target? Maybe I think it was sort of. A throw I think they, they'd had one that they'd that the guy had flicked flicked about a yard over the bar or so. Yeah, yeah. And other than that, they'd they'd barely threatened, and it we we basically kept them at. At arm's length for, for the entirety of that first half, um, but I did like the the sort of attitude that we that we showed straight after that, as if as if yeah, sort of we'd been the angry bear that had been poked yeah. a little bit, poked the bee's nest, yeah, yeah, and we've basically gone straight up the other end and and restored the two goal cushion. But yeah, it's, I mean, let's be honest, you're never happy with any goal that you concede. But I think that one, there's there's probably two or three things that that they'll be looking at and saying, well should be doing a little bit better on those. Mm. We'll get on and, and preview the uh, the cup game in just a moment. I just want to finish on that that's that final 20 minutes uh, or 30 minutes or so Glenn when what I mean what was it for you was it the subs coming on was it changes for the sake of it I'm thinking you know Jack Stevens coming on um, a lot of people are talking about that is that protecting someone that's on a booking or are we still trying to appease the club captain and and, and squeeze him in somewhere what, what what was it for you probably all of the above I mean 
I've seen it. Obviously, Harwell Bellis was on a booking, but Harwell Bellis was getting through the game in his armchair, wasn't he? I mean, he he could easily have cruised through that game without without making another tackle, and there wouldn't have been a problem. Players are used to doing that, and he's certainly sort of good enough and clever enough to um, to not pick up another booking. If that was the reason he came off, it's too early. Um, you know, sixty minutes. You think about it. There's there could there's another forty minutes of football still to be played, probably. So it's too easy. Do that on seventy-five minutes. Don't don't do that on sixty. Yeah, I, I mean, I thought that was the the start of the loss of control because I, I thought that was an unnecessary substitution. And you, you know, you can't argue with the fact that you know it's not just it's not just battering someone. Jack Stevens made two really bad mistakes near our goal that uh, presented both the chances that Watford hit the post with. In the um, so Watford, that's next week. Who would we play? Swansea. <laughs> the, Swan, Swansea hit the post with. Um, you know, it was it was two it was two bad mistakes, and and so you know the the quality drop off was really really noticeable when when that. I I just don't believe in making unnecessary changes to the defence for the sake of it. The reason we're so high in the league is because we've sorted the defence out. We settled on that back four. And, you know, more or less, obviously, uh, Bree and Manning have been interchangeable a little bit. But that back four is what is going to get us promoted. If, you know, and the, and the rest of the team more or less, you know, more or less sorts itself out. Mm. That back four needs to stay in place in, in my in my book. And, yeah, you could argue at 3-1 up against against Swansea that it, it was comfortable and it was, it was a time to do it. But I, I think that contributed to the end of the game that we got. And... It was said in the press conference that you know Rothwell would need a bit of time to get up to speed, and that was proved right when he came on because there was there was more loss of control with, with him coming on for Stuart Armstrong. We we've had a very good season with substitutions in that they have generally made the the, the you know the, the team stronger. You've taken off tired players and, and brought on players to um, you know in in their place, and 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 the level of the team has gone up in the main. But it came down, and Swansea's went up. Ironically, with their subs, you know, Yannick Balassi made a big impact for them, and so did the centre forward, or Yates, I think his Yates, name is. Yeah, yeah, they 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 both made you know a positive difference for Swansea, and no one who came on for us really made a, a positive difference at all. And if I was Howard Bellis, I'd be a little bit, and he did look a little bit peed mm. off to be to Noid, be substituted. Yeah. Surprised, and then for you. Sure. Yeah, you've got the interest, interesting thing with Alcaraz as well because he didn't get on the pitch mm-hmm. and Joe Rothwell came in for, from nowhere, maybe two training sessions, and he and he's on. So, yeah, hopefully, you know, Russell Martin's shown a capacity to to learn from 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 what he's seen. I know he's got a bit of a blind spot with Stevens in particular, but um, you know, he's kind of for me, he's. he's he showed you who he is. It's a saying my mum's got. You know, if someone show, <laughs> if someone shows you who they are, believe them. Just, just on that, Alfie, is that that before we move on that twenty minutes? Is that is that? I think um, Russell Martin might have said something afterwards about it was about getting some clips, and then they've got some stuff to work on with him this week. So get him on, get him playing, and then they can review it and go back with him. It, it's more about the the science and the the being able to go through the different movements and patterns of play. Talking about Joe Rockwell there, yeah? Uh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Yeah, presumably so. I mean, I think the the thing they said to me and George on Friday was he's going to have to fry his brain for a week to, to make sure he's ready for the game. So it's going to be a lot to learn, isn't it? I mean, I get this. If that is the case, I get the science behind that, and that's all that's all well and good. But I, I do actually agree with Glenn. I would be a little bit peed off if I was Charlie Alcaraz as well. But um, do you know what? I didn't hear that quote. That's actually an interesting point. Uh, let's just go around and get um, Player of the Week. Steve, uh, Player of the Week for you. Who stood out? There was a few, to be honest. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer that shots that are parried by a goalkeeper straight out to the goal scorer should count as an assist. Okay. So Stu Armstrong should have a hat-trick of assists from from yesterday. So, um, yeah, Stu Armstrong for me. Stu Armstrong. Uh, Glenn? Um, I've already mentioned him, uh, Will Smallbone, I think, mainly because, you know, he's he's not one that's usually in the running for this sort of thing, but I thought he had, had an excellent game. So... I'll go for him rather than be boring and go for Howard Bellish yet again. So, yeah, Smallbone. <laughs> Any other names, Alfie? Yeah, I don't know whether he'll win the vote ahead of Smallbone um, or, or Stuart Armstrong, but I think I will name Flynn Downs as well just because he's good every week and he got his deserved goal. So, Okay, nice stuff. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, it's a break from the league this weekend for the fourth round of the FA Cup as we make the trip to Watford. Yay! To help us preview that one, uh, let's welcome Mike. Uh, Mike Parking from... Uh, it's from the Rookery End, your podcast, isn't it? Have I got that right? Yeah, we, we didn't think that through because whenever we get introduced to... Oh, it's Mike from the from the from Rookery the, End podcast. From the... <laughs> yeah, 14 years later, it hasn't got any easier. Let's say star of from the Rookery End. Oh, that's that, that kind of works, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we'll take that, definitely. Um, I mean, is it fair to say this is the draw that neither of us really wanted? Look, I think for Watford at the moment, they just, we're enjoying the football, we're enjoying the games at the moment. So I think actually for us, another, the fellow championship side, although for how much longer remains to be seen, is probably not a bad draw because it just, what Watford are looking to do at the moment is just keep a little bit momentum up. So I think rather than get humped away at, a Premier League side or, you know, I think it's not a bad draw for us, to to be honest, to potentially give you an answer you weren't expecting. Well, a home tie as well, I guess. That's what the managers always ask for, isn't it? And let's just talk about the, the form because you've been on a, a nice little run since, since Boxing Day. Yeah, we've done all right. Valerian Ismail's got Watford playing a little bit. He's certainly got us um, playing uh, more enjoyable stuff than last season. Last year was the first year down from the from the Premier League and the attitude was all wrong. Uh, any of the six, seven, eight, nine managers we had in charge last season couldn't get a, couldn't get a tune out of them, and this year it just feels like they're all singing from the same uh, hymn sheet for the first time in a long time. So Watford fans, uh, it may sound a little bit counterintuitive because we're sort of mired in mid-table, really looking up at the at the playoffs a little bit, but we're enjoying this season much more than we have done the last two or three, really. So. Yes, they're they're doing all right. They're slowly but surely building up a little bit of momentum. I sort of stopped short of a head of steam. I don't think we're quite at that stage yet, but (laughs) they're they're looking all right, you know. It's uh, and it's good fun again, which is um, which is enough for most of us at the moment. They seem to, from what I've read, like they're they're pressing well at the moment. They seem well organised. Is is that a good summary? Is that what we might look out for at the the weekend? I think both ends of the pitch were slightly chaotic defensively. Just heard you guys before I came on talking about your defensive setup and how how well you're defending. Not the case for for Watford at all. We're sort of chopping and changing a little bit with our with our centre back pairing. Um, not really hitting on the on the right formula. Far too easy to to score against. I don't know the last time we kept a clean sheet. I, th- I might have had hair the last time we kept a, a, a clean sheet. Um, so defensively, we're, we're struggling. And at the final third, we, we do a lot of the hard work. We get into, into good areas in the final third, but then tend to overplay, looking for the perfect shot, looking for that one extra pass to to, to craft the um, the perfect chance. And I think sort of Valerian Ismail's pragmatism has served us very, very well this season. He's had, he's had a big job on his hands to sort of turn around this this ship who's, that's been low on confidence and the attitude has been all wrong. So he's had a lot to fix and I, I understand why he is so pragmatic. But I think it's sort of costing us a little bit. We can't defend. We do a lot of uh, our best work we're on the, when we're on the front foot. So I'd like to see us let the handbrake off uh, a little bit. But I don't really think that's in uh, in Big Val's playbook. <laughs> was it five changes for for the third round? I'm just wondering, you know, how seriously they're taking the cup. Are we going to see similar changes again? Is there an FA Cup side that he's going to put out at the weekend? I think it will be a strong side, primarily because Watford just simply don't have the strength in depth to to, to change things up. I've I've spoken about the momentum and the and the belief that is slowly building in this side, and I think 
what he would be loath to do is risk making wholesale changes, bringing in, you'd be looking at sort of very, very inexperienced under 21 and youth players coming in because we, we just haven't got a big enough squad. And I think that would represent a massive risk because I think, to be perfectly honest, Southampton would take us apart if we uh, if we made too many changes. And and this season for Watford has been about that slow building upon last week, the week before, and just the team getting to know each other, rebuilding a bit of faith with the fans again, getting the supporters back on side. So I think making too many changes would represent too big a risk. So I think it will be... If you look back at Watford's last three, four, five games, most of the the players you see in that in those games will be featuring on Sunday. I'd imagine you did make a bit of hard work about that Chesterfield game. Was it the ninety fifth minute? I think the winner. Yeah, yeah. We like to the magic of the FA Cup. That's what it's all about. We like to do our bit. You know, you know that, uh, down at Watford, we take our responsibility seriously. I think they slept walked into that one. I think we've still we've got a lot of players who aren't used to playing teams of that outside the football league and they will have heard national league and they probably would have thought okay um we can rock up and, and sort this lot out without too much difficulty but i think chesterfield are a, a non-league side in name only they'll be in uh league two very very uh quickly and i dare say they might go through that division as well very very good side um and made life difficult for watford we did have chances to go two nil up very very early on in the game didn't take them um, Chesterfield capitalised and we were yeah we found it very very difficult but I think it does speak to the what I was trying to get at earlier about the um, the belief in this Watford side and it may may sound silly to sort of use a game against a non-league side as uh, as, as as an illustration of a team who's uh, is coming together in terms of their belief but they kept going right till the end last year we'd have lost that game mm. with arguably a, a significantly better squad um, so I think Watford fans were slightly disappointed that they got themselves into that mess in the first place, but ultimately pretty pleased and impressed that they managed to turn it around and win it right at the death. I'm hearing lots of similarities and parallels to where we've all been. Um, so uh, you're in good company. Steve, you got a, a ticket for this one on Sunday? I mean, I, I mean some people are pretty meh about the cup, but um, it's it's a game that we, we should go there and, and, and try and get a, a good win. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, the one of the best things about the FA Cup is obviously the bigger away allocation. So we've got the whole of that end uh, for this game, more than 4,000 going up there. So And reasonably priced as well, which is yeah, always fif- nice. Yeah, 15 quid. So yeah, can't can't complain can't complain at that at all. Um, the only complaint is Sunday 2 o'clock um, because let's face it, who other than Saints and Watford fans is watching Watford against Southampton at Sunday on a Sunday at two o'clock in the afternoon. Is, is, no. is it the international, it was an international yeah. TV pit. I, I hadn't really heard yeah, of that. So honest, so. Basically, lo, basically because the FA has sold, sold the FA cup to all these broadcasters around the country, uh, around the world. Part of the deal is that basically from the third round onwards, every game is available for them to televise. And understandably, they don't all want to show. Um, they don't all have like, 15 channels where they could show all of the three o'clock games so as a result all the games get moved so yeah it's it's annoying but i mean it's no huge surprise that um fans are quite a long way down the the list of the list of of the sort of pecking order of um the fa's priorities it's nice to be reminded even in the championship isn't it that uh no one cares about supporters (laughs) well we i mean we've we've had we've had more games on tv this season i think we the we did the previous two in the Premier League, I think. Another Saturday, 12.30 kickoff miles from home yesterday to go with Plymouth and Sunderland previously. So, yeah, it's it, it's one of those where you, if you want to dance with the devil and, and sort of take the money that the, um, the TV companies are offering, unfortunately, that is the trade-off that you get massively inconvenienced and yeah, no, everybody, everybody whinges about it, but then we still sell 4,000 tickets. So yeah, yeah. I... I would argue that m- most people probably aren't quite so bothered. Thankfully, it's not too far. Glenn, are you mm. excited about this one? Does, does it does it get your fires burning? I mean, it was one all back in December, wasn't it? Che Adams with his oh, first goal since August. Remember, yeah, and then um, yeah. that soft goal in injury time, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it was our yeah. turn to concede the late equaliser. So it's yeah, going to be a, it's a bit of a different game this time around. Yeah, I mean, and, and obviously, you know, Mike said that Watford won't change their team that much. I hope we don't. Um, because there's no midweek game this week or the week after. So, you know, I hope we don't change the team, but I, I fear that we will. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, I, you know, everyone's talking about our unbeaten run at the moment. I, I think this is 
I know <laughs> if we did lose this game, it would then be unbeaten run in the league. In the league, yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it, it sort of does matter, though, doesn't it? You don't want to. I think it does. Come I think it does. Yeah, I think I think it does. Even if you, you know, even if you change seven, eight, seven or eight players, and you've got that sort of caveat in your own mind, I, I think I think it matters, and that that's why with no midweek game before or after, you know, I I think we should put out as strong a side as we can. You know, that being said, when the when the draw was made, I, I was very unenthusiastic about it because I like playing teams that we haven't played, you yeah. know. In the, yeah. So so basically, I don't want anyone from the Premier League or anyone that we've played this year. And and to, to get Watford again is 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 not the most exciting uh, from that point of view. However, it's it's a localish game, and as Steve said, it's a it's a good one to um, to go up to because of the uh, you know the the large allocation, and it's not too far to go. So. Uh, so yeah, from that point of view, it's um, you know it, it's decent. I don't really know what to think about the FA Cup this year because obviously we're looking to get promoted. Yeah, and uh, you know as as Mike said, whichever team wins this game, there's the the real chance of getting Spurs away or whatever and getting absolutely yeah. tanked or something <laughs> in the in the next round. So, uh, but um, yeah, it's no, it is what it is. I I just. I'm I'm more worried about it from the from the perspective of you know knock on to our league form. I have to yeah. say, so and in, I hope, injuries, I guess as well. Yeah, you, you don't want injuries, so therefore, yeah, put out a few fringe players. But yeah, I, you know we've got we've got a good thing, very good thing going at the moment, and I, and I'm very wary about getting sort of like knocked out of the stride. So uh, so I hope we go strong, but uh, so. Yeah, looking looking forward to the game, but uh, yeah, a little bit a little bit cautious about it. I have to say. Do you think, in terms of starting lineup, Alfie, it's going to be a similar team that we had out against um, Warsaw in in the third round? Maybe I know he's been dropping hints about Rothwell coming in. Yeah, I mean, I could Glenn Sports having they made nine changes for the Warsaw game, didn't they? I think that would be um, that would be way too extreme. You can't go making nine changes again. I don't think any of the young players will start the game. Um, I would expect there to be five or six changes, though. I think um, just purely because he he's already said he'll start Joe Rothwell. I think Joe Lumley will and deserves to come back in for another game. Um, he'll obviously start Jack Stevens because you know Jack Stevens has started right back in, in two games since he's um he's he's played every he played in every game since he's been back basically at some point. He's found a way to bring him on um at some point. So he'll almost certainly start. And I would imagine that he probably looks to start Charlie Alcaraz as well and Shay Charles, a couple of the young lads who are still sort of pushing and maybe need that those minutes. So I think that where I sit on it is um I think you have to make sort of five or six changes because, A, you don't want to... You know, if someone gets injured and you go, well, why are they starting in the first place? Like a Flynn Down, for example, you miss Flynn Downs for a few weeks, you'd be sitting there thinking, well, Shea Charles was ready to play. Um, but I agree with Glenn that you, you don't want to lose the game and it's not an easy fixture by any means. I know the goal was a bit soft um, in the 96th minute last time round, but there's every chance they do get knocked out of the stride like that. And in terms of unbeaten runs, I know we're probably sort of sick and bored about hearing of unbeaten runs now, but in the club's all-time history before the Football League, the longest unbeaten run in all competitions was 21, which we're on now. So if they avoid defeat on Saturday, they will make the all-time unbeaten record as well. So I don't know if the club are going to celebrate that in the same way. Um, Another graphic but, for Instagram. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, but obviously, the worst possible result, I suppose, is a draw. Um, I think this is the last round where there are replays. And I think the last thing both of these teams will want is a midweek game. So, you know, it begs the question, would you actually rather lose than draw? Um, I'm not too sure. And the, ne- the next round is midweek as well, by the way. Mm. Yes, it's yeah. going to get really busy heading into the next month. I mean, what are your your kind of thoughts on the cup, Mike? Is it you the same same as us? Just like let's get through this and see what happens. Or yeah, I mean, first and foremost, any- heart, heart bleeds for you, Alfie. Sick and tired of talking about the twenty one game unbeaten run. It must be absolutely scary, <laughs> <laughs> me. Uh, but yeah, the cup is it's really difficult. I mean, you can tell by looking at me. I'm a, a, of a certain age. I think the first game I ever went to was the the FA Cup. It was a a four-all home uh, tie with with Walsall under the Vicarage Road lights. I adore the FA Cup, and I'm uh, just desperately disappointed to, for the way it's sort of the the road it's gone down and the the lower attendances and stuff like that. It leaves me really cold, and so I, I'm I'm the old school. I want Watford to win every single game they play. I want them to be taking part in every single round of every single cup competition they they can. But obviously, I recognise the the difficulties of that. I think this year the the FA Cup for us is just a chance to play more football and for this team to grow um, and and to develop. And if they can perhaps get a decent result against a, a team like Southampton, you can go in the next round and go, okay, well let's let's see what happens and we'll we'll have the we'll have the day out and not worry about it so much. I think there's potentially more on it in this round because it's a, a another test against 
I say similar. You know what you know what I mean. Similar side yeah. from the same yeah, yeah, yeah. same yeah. tier, and I think they'll be looking to to test themselves. And I think as supporters, we'll be looking on slightly more keenly than we ordinarily would have been because it's like, okay, how far down the line is this team? What could we look at for the rest of the season? But I absolutely, I, I love the FA Cup. Watford have got for a team our size we've got really good pedigree in the cup we've had we've had some really good fun days out we beat arsenal in recent memory in that quarter final at uh, at highbury mm. uh, we'd had the wolves semi final we won't talk about the final against uh, man city although if uh, if uh, the fa and uh, if the epl finally get their themselves sorted we might be uh, posthumously awarded that fa cup you never <laughs> you never know but <laughs> I, 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 that's that's optimism yeah, yeah exactly well, i'm a watford fan you've got to stay you've got to stay optimistic um, I, I i still love it and there is still, there's still always, as long as you're in the in the tournament, there's there's a chance for a little bit of a little bit of magic. And I don't think Watford are going to go up this season. I think the playoffs are probably um, a little bit out of reach, just down to our, our squad depth. I don't think we're we're in serious relegation trouble either. I, I keep going on about it, but this really is a, a season for just getting the club back on an even keel, getting the fans back in love with the team, getting a team that looks organised competent and com- competitive so as long as they turn up against uh, Southampton on on Sunday and turn in a reasonable performance which they have been doing pretty much week in week out that's probably going to be probably going to be good enough and if we can we can get the win I think fifth round you're thinking okay let's let's get the big tie let's go somewhere and see if we can't bloody someone's noses uh before getting okay. on with the season um, I'm going to ask you for a score prediction, if you don't mind, Mike. It's just something silly we always do at the end of the previews. We always yeah. we always get it wrong. So. Well, yeah, absolutely. That's why. Yeah, yeah. I'm a yeah. I'll show you my Bet three six five account in a minute, and I'll, I, you'll, you'll know not to put any stock on my um, prediction. What I would say, lads, you've mentioned that that sort of late ninety six minute goal at, at Vicarage Road. What absolutely staggered me in that game, Southampton had all the play, all the ball. Um, would effectively doing what they wanted, and then decided to sort of. I'm not sure if you can swear on here, but they sort of s house tried to start wasting time, and yeah. it was nonsense from about 20 minutes to go. And yeah. put me in mind of sort of Eddie Howe and Jason Tyndall's Bournemouth back in there in the day. It was, it was a very oh, steady it was on. A, well, it, <laughs> it, was, it was it was so peculiar. There were levels, it, yeah, fair enough. It was our own downfall, wasn't it? It was our own, yeah. Doing. There's no need for me to go to Eddie Howe and, and, and Jason Tindall level. <laughs> I take that, I take it back. It was, it just felt like very, a very odd sort of um call to, yeah. to go down that route. And uh, I think ultimately you'd sort of played yourselves a little bit there. Um, I doubt you're going to make that mistake this time. I think I, I agree with you guys that there'll, there'll be a couple of changes on on both sides. And I also think that, I think that the point I think Steve made, neither team will want a, a replay. will will hopefully play into it being a sort of a, quite an exciting game. Um, certainly if it's tight towards the end, I cannot in good conscience, uh, conscious uh, predict a Watford win because Southampton unbeaten in, in, in 21. I know you're sick and tired of talking about it, Alfie, but I do have to raise it again. <laughs> I'm going to go for a, a fun and games three, two Southampton win. How about that for you? Uh, okay, great, Steve. Um, oh, yeah, bite your arm off for that. That'll be that'll be good fun. Yeah, I I'm slightly concerned that if we make too many changes, then we're just going to look a little bit disjointed, which we did in parts in in that league game at Watford. A couple of in, couple of injuries forced us into late changes. I think Flynn Downs was ill, and the midfield yeah, we basically right, yeah. just lo- we lost the plot in midfield for um, like the last fifteen minutes of both halves. So yeah, if we if we kind of sacrifice that again, then could be in a little bit of trouble. And I'm unfortunately going to go with the result that nobody wants, which is a one-all draw. A draw. Okay, I knew you were going to say that, uh, Glenn. Were you thinking the same? <laughs> I was. I was exactly <laughs> the same. But if you look at the prediction league, Steve and I are both bottom, and we <laughs> we always pick the same thing. He always goes first, and I always think, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So I, I'm going to be a a miserable. SOB and um, think this is the end of the unbeaten run. To be honest, I'm going to go for one nil Watford, just to okay. be different, really. Uh, for anyone who's who's not aware of our predictions league, by the way, the person that's top is the one that knows the least about football. So that 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 tells you everything you need to know. Uh, Alfie, uh, a score prediction from you as well. Yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm not 100 confident they're going to win the game. No, um, yeah. I don't think they're going to make huge amounts of change, but I think they will make a few, and I think that will, like Glenn says, sort of cause a bit of disruption. So I'm going to go for a, a two-all draw, which I don't want. I don't want another midweek game. Um, so I don't think anybody does. 
Okay. Mike, thanks for coming on. Enjoy the game at the weekend. And uh, I'm sure we've got another game soon, haven't we? Or it, it won't be too far away, will it? We'll get you back on if that's all right. We'll catch up again soon. I'd love to. Thanks for having me on, lads. Enjoy the game. All right, Cheers, mate. Yeah. Uh, enjoy the game as well. If you are watching live, don't forget you can uh, stick all your predictions into the comments because we'd love to hear from those. Um, before we finish, just want to touch on the, the January transfer window. Alfie, it seemed to dominate the, the press conference. Well, certainly quite a few questions. Um, was it Friday? I think you did the, the, yeah. the, the Swansea presser and, and uh, Russell Martin saying that maybe still one more to come in. Yeah, still one more to come in, but like I think that he sort of caveated it by saying, and they are absolutely trying for one more. They are trying for a winger, but he caveated it by saying that if we can't get the right one, basically then we won't. Um, and and do you know what? I, I, I don't think it's not going to stick my neck on the line and say they don't need one, but I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I don't think there's an absolute crying need to bring somebody in, anybody. I think if you can get the right person in, then 100% they could do with it, but they're going to have a couple of players come back. The more interesting one for me is, what goes out the other way and obviously it shows how sort of chronically online the world is that Carl Peters takes a few pictures down off his um, Instagram and everyone sort of flies into panic mode that always oh, leaving and Chelsea are signing him um Russell Martin said basically that there's been no no such sort of thought on their regard they you know he's spoken to Carl he's pretty happy here and it's going to take a lot of money to to buy him obviously if someone comes in with you know, 25, 30 million then I imagine they'll absolutely say yes to that offer but yeah keeping hold of Carl Peters and Chelsea what well, 25 million for Carl mm. I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want it to happen, but I think they probably would have to take that. How long has he got left on his contract? I imagine 18 months, but I'm not 100% sure. I think 2025. Are you, th- you thinking there's some business to be done there, Glenn? Are you thinking their head might be turned if the if the phone Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm hoping not, but if someone comes in with a, you know, 30 million plus, then, yeah, it's going to be very hard to turn down. Mm. You know, you, you see some very inaccurate, you know, <laughs> clearly inaccurate report saying he's only got six months left we know he's got longer than that but yeah. i just i just wondered how long it was whether it was a uh, 18 months or um two and a half years sort of thing but uh but I, you know i just think the fact that he committed to us at the start of the season he's played so well we are in with a very good shout of of going up if we don't go up then he leaves with you know with our blessing i guess um you know still for a decent amount of money at the at the end of the season but uh but no, I'd, I'd, I'd be surprised if he left now, to be honest. It does seem a bit strange, Steve, that we're sat here with, is it 20 games, 21 games, and we're still talking about somebody potentially coming in. Uh, they're going to have to be a hell of a winger if they come in and, and, and get in that side. Yeah, especially with, I mean, as Alfie said, players to come back. I mean, basically, we're, what, two weeks, a week or two away from um, Suleimana being available again, Adozi potentially being available again, Joe Rebo being available again. Um, so all of a sudden, the, the the squad depth in basically once we once we uh, turn out at uh, Rotherham suddenly looks a lot deeper again. So mm. yeah, I mean if as long as I mean if Shea Adams is still in the building, which I think to be honest at this stage I think we're probably all expecting him to to stay and then go on a free in the summer, aren't we? Yeah. Um, it makes sense for everybody. There's no reason yeah. to do anything else in my opinion. Yeah, unless unless somebody's waving. Um, waving, waving silly money in, um, mm. under our noses, then there's no reason for us to... Is it five goals um, in six games we've got now? Uh, yeah. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. there's, there's no, real, no real imperative on our part now. Whereas I think at the end of August, if we were, um, if we were getting somebody in in his place, then, yeah, okay, we can, we can afford to, to let go. But um, having signed someone that was already injured... That was never really going to be on the table, and uh, I think it's even less on the table now, especially now we know that Ross Stewart's out um, for the season. Hmm. So yeah, I I think, I mean, I I would actually be surprised if we do bring bring one more in. The players that we've been linked with, sort of in wide areas, just don't. I mean, they don't really excite me. I don't think. And one of them was David Brooks, and I don't think we can loan again from Bournemouth. We can. Oh, we can, can we? Can we get one yeah. more, have we? But he came off the bench today, so I'm not sure whether that's whether that all of a sudden means that he's kind of back in back in their thoughts because all of a sudden Bournemouth have got a load of a load of injuries as well. So I think January. I mean, we've seen with the general transfer market that clubs are keeping hold of players because players are getting injured more because mm, the yeah. demands on on players because of all of these competitions, and I, mean, I think. In fairness, partly the the added injury time that's being added onto every game adds up over the course of a season, mm. and players' bodies aren't 
aren't able to cope cope with the the tempo of everything and as a result you need the you need that that squad depth and I think as a result we're going to stick with what we got I was really nervous yesterday with the the celebrations after the game I don't know if you saw Ryan Fraser I think he was on Che Adams's <laughs> shoulders <laughs> celebrating and if you're the same age as me I remember being 13 years old watching oh, that final when Steve Morrow fell off with Tony Adams and dislocated his yeah. shoulder and I was thinking for Christ's sake just put him down just put him down <laughs> I think Tony Adams was still drinking at that point. <laughs> to be the, honest. Joke, the joke at the time was he broke his arm because he fell off a donkey, wasn't it? If I remember right. <laughs> the, the women's team were back in championship action as well for the first time this year. They won 3-0 against Watford. Uh, three goals, three points. So uh, let's hope that's an omen for the, the FA Cup on Sunday. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for this week. Feels like we've uh, we've covered it all off. So uh, thank you for watching. Thanks again to Pitta Self Drive for sponsoring this episode. Uh, don't forget they're off Offering cars, vans, trucks, and minibus hire for flexible short-term or long-term rentals. There's the 24-hour drop-off service as well. And if you're a TSP listener, you can get 10% off your rental with the code TOTALSAINT, which is all one word. You can use that code when you're booking online or just quote the code when you're booking over the phone. Uh, to find out more or get in touch, head to pitterselfdrive.co.uk or give them a call on 02380 uh, Don't forget, you can also follow Total Saints podcast on all the social media platforms. Have a search for Total Saints pod and you'll find us on there you can give us a follow you can drop us a dm or if you'd like to email us you can do that by the website as well it's always nice to hear from you and as i mentioned at the start we're on patreon that's where you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution it's patreon.com forward slash total saints podcast there are four tiers on there ranging from five pounds to 20 pounds per month different perks for each of the tiers including some shouts at the end of the podcast for all the patrons in our francis banali and our mick shannon tier so roll of honor thank you to dave Mel. Mark Atkins, Andy Hollis, Anthony Thompson, Saints in Exile, Gavin Ford, James Harron, Nikki Nicholson, Southampton NY, Drew Dyer, James Kibbe and Mike E who are in the Francis Benali tier and also to Colt Baker, Dave Ernsberger, Ed Busy, Nick Higston, Phil Cook, Nick Reed, Paul Stewart, Phil Horstrop, Matt Hall and Mark Littlewood who are all in our Mick Shannon tier. Thank you Steve, thank you Glenn, thank you Alfie, thank you again for watching, uh, thank you for listening and we'll see you again next week. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.